If you'll stand with me and uh, having your Bibles open to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, I want you to notice uh, the last uh, two verses in uh, the chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 17 and then number 18. The Bible says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, that is a mirror. This is ringing, uh, if you'll fix it for me. Uh, As beholding in a glass, that's a mirror. As beholding in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Notice this line, are changed into the image of, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to preach tonight on this subject, God's changing agent. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word as we close the service tonight. Thank you, Lord, for how you've met with us. Thank you for the fun, the time that we've had. And now, Holy Spirit of God, if you will, please anoint me with your power. And Lord, fill Uh, me with your spirit that I may accomplish your will tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Most Christians know and even the world knows that when we were saved, the Lord began a changing process in us and in our lives. He actually saved us to change us. Sin had broken our relationship with God. Sin brought a curse. Sin brought a wage, which was death. And Christ came that our relationship with God could be restored. But not only did he come to pay our sin debt, the Holy Spirit moved within us to control our lives. And his purpose is to change us into the image of Christ. Notice the Bible says, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Take your Bibles and back up just a few pages to the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 8, and I want you to notice in verse number 28. Romans 8 and verse number 28. A familiar verse that says, And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Most of the time that verse gets interpreted that no matter what happens, it's going to turn out good for me. That's really not what that verse is talking about. Now, all things work together for good. The verse says that, but if you'll notice verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Preacher, do you believe in predestination? I sure do. I believe he's predestinated us to be predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his son. He saved me to make me like him and all things work together for good. What is the good? So that I can become more like Christ. When he saved me, he forgave me of my sin. He moved inside me and the Holy Spirit's work is to change me into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Ephesians chapter 2, if you'll look at me while I give you these verses, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, 
wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom all we had our conversation in times past, listen, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in His mercy, he, uh, uh, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the Bible tells us plainly that the Holy Spirit moved inside of me to change me. I was controlled by the lust of the flesh. I was controlled by the pride of life. I was controlled by the desires of my mind. But the Holy Spirit moved in and said, that's not how we're going to live anymore. I want to change you and I want to make you into the image to look like the person of Jesus Christ. Now, he's not talking about our physical features, but our behavior, the way we live. How many of you fellows love basketball? You like basketball. I love basketball. I enjoy watching basketball on all levels. I like to watch the four- and five-year-olds, and that may be the funnest. And I am amazed at the ability of a professional athlete. Somebody tell me who you think the best basketball player is playing right now today. Stephen Curry, that's who I thought it might be. Now, do you like to play basketball? You do. How would you like to play like Stephen Curry? Oh, that would be amazing. Now, it just stands to reason that if a fella wants to be a basketball player, he would want to be like the best, right? I mean, I don't want to be like the fella who tried out and didn't make the team I want to make the team. I not only want to make the team, I don't want to sit on the bench. I want to play in the game. And if I'm going to play in the game, I like the point guard position because that's the fellow that decides who gets to shoot if he is not like Stephon Curry and get to shoot himself. I mean, it just stands to reason that you would want to be like him. Now, we could go through every sport and you could tell me uh, who you think is the best athlete. And just by sense, if you wanted to play that sport, or if you could, you would want to play like them. Now, with that reasoning, would it not make sense that since we became a Christian, we would not want to be like the poorest, but we would want to be like the best? Does it not stand to reason that since I became a child of God, since I became a Christian, I would not want to be like the person of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, i got news for you. I doubt you'll ever be as good as Stephon Curry, even in the video version or the video game version. But I have better news than that. You could become like Christ because the Holy Spirit moved inside you and makes it possible for you and I to become like Christ. I want you to hear me now what I'm saying. You go through the Bible and you'll find again and again and again that He saved me and He desires to make me like Him. That's pretty exciting to me. 
I mean, that's pretty exciting. I mean, if I was going to be a football player, I would want to be like the best, and I would go to the coach that could make me like the best. But I'm not a football player. I'm not a basketball player. However, I am a born-again child of God. And the wonderful thing about it is the Holy Spirit moved inside of me and said, how would you like to be like Jesus? Well, if I'm going to be a Christian, I want to be the best Christian I can be. And so the Holy Spirit said... I can help you to become like Christ. Let me give you a few other Bible verses. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 21, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. Ephesians 4, verse number 13 Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 21 Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, unto the, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Now, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Now, here on this earth, he wants me to work to be becoming like him. And one day when they put this body in the grave or I go by way of rapture, this corruptible body is going to be changed to an incorruptible body. And I am going to become completely like Christ. But he has already begun that good work in me. Now, the Christian who desires to please the Lord Jesus desires to be changed from the control of the flesh to the control of the Spirit. Paul said this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, we should want to be like Christ. We should want to be like Him in our behavior. We should want to be like Him in our responses. We should want to be like Him in our attitude. We should want to be like Him in our love for others. We should want to be like Him in our surrender to the Father's will, in our walk and in our faith. Now, it concerns me tonight that so many Christians in this world think nothing of being changed. Uh, They want to be a Christian, but they don't want to be like Christ. Uh, They want to find the fellow who says he's born again, but is just as worldly and just as carnal as he can be and says, I want to be like that. That's like a football player saying, I want to weigh 95 pounds and be 4 foot 10. You're going to get killed. That's like a fellow saying, I want to be a basketball star and I want to be 5 foot 4 and I want to weigh 101 pounds. You're not going to make it, friend. And I want to tell you something. In this whole world, in this world of darkness, in this world with the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking who he may devour, you better decide tonight, I don't want to be a Christian weakling. I want to be like Christ so I can enjoy victory in the Christian life. Now, 
there are many who never think of their life changing at all. Now, I grew up in Christian school. I went to one of the first Christian schools in the state. Uh, can, uh, uh, this uh, school here, Clays Mill Road, was one of the uh, first. And a couple of years later, uh, our school started uh, uh, Hazard Christian Academy in Perry County, I believe in 1975 or 1976. Now, we had a set of rules and a set of standards that we got from the Word of God because our desire was to be like Christ. Amen. Now, you understand, I mean, uh, uh, what number does a jersey, does ba- uh, a basketball jersey, does Curry wear? How, what, what? what? What number does he wear? See, but most of you know what he wears. You know what he wears. And you're not ashamed uh, to put on a number 30, that uh, Stephen Curry basketball jersey. I'm not preaching against that. What I'm preaching against, you're not wanting to put on a jersey that says, uh, I'm a born-again child of God. I'm separated from the world in my uh, vocabulary. I'm different from the world in my behavior. I'm different from the world in my dress. We've come to the place in our Christian schools, you go to a basketball or a volleyball tournament of our, a tournament of our Christian schools, schools and the only look at me now and the only way you can tell it's christian by the name on the side of the van you dead sure can't tell by the way the girls are dressed in their shorts you dead sure can't tell by the ways the boys are coming in bebopping with their earbuds in their ears you dead sure can't tell it by their behavior and it has come to the place that it's a crying shame Hey, I thought if we would be Christians, we would want to be like the Christian or uh, the Christ, uh, and we would desire to be the very best we could be. I hear folks say, well, that's just a bunch of your standards. Uh, I uh, uh, beg your pardon. They're not my standards. That's what the Bible says. Uh, The Bible says that I'm to walk in holiness as he uh, was holy. Uh, The Bible says that, now look at me right now. I'm supposed to be separate from the world and my dress. Hey, men are not supposed to wear that which pertaineth to a woman. I never thought when I was a boy, I thought that was a mistake in the Bible. I thought, what man would ever want to dress like a woman? I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, fellow, most fellows wear just one earring. I guess they have such a hard time putting it in, they just wear one instead of two. And a woman's not supposed to wear that which pertaineth to a man. That's not my rule. That's in the book right here. You say that's in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was Jesus' favorite book to preach from. Check the preaching of Jesus and see how many times he preached from as it is written or from the Old Testament. Now, I'm not, I'm not fussing at you. I don't want you to be like me. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit that's on the inside and say, You change me and make me what you want me to be. When I came to Lexington 25 years ago this May, fellow in church, we had this little church over here, just that building, uh, just out behind the church. When you start down to the gymnasium, that's where the grass started. It was all grass from there all the way back. I got tired of mowing it, so we blacktopped it. <laughs> and a fellow said to me, he said, Preacher, do you golf? Now I'm from the mountains. You can't golf in the mountains. I'll tell you what I could do. If you throw a golf ball up in there, I could shoot it. I could hit it. I didn't golf. They said, why don't you go golfing with us? I said, I don't know how to golf. Come on, we'll show you. 
Well, before we went golfing, I figured I'd need me a set of clubs, so I did what a hillbilly would do. I went to a yard sale and bought me a set. And, uh, I mean, I bought a set that the woods were wood. That's what they call them, and so I thought they were supposed to be wood. And so my first set, they were wood. Wouldn't matter if they were, were wood or titanium or a pool stick. It wouldn't have made any difference to me. But anyway, I got those, and then I went over here to Kmart, and I got me a pair of golf shoes, and I got a pair of white ones. And I got me a pair of uh, electric blue britches. And I got me a golf shirt, and I got me a golf hat. And, mister, I want to tell you something. Chi-Chi Rodriguez didn't have anything on me. <laughs> I went out with Mr. Porter, and uh, he said, how do you do it? Of course, I knew how to do it. I watched it on TV once before we went. Now, I never did watch golf before. To me, that's like watching paint dry. It's not too interesting to me. But I wanted to see how they did it. They just put it on that little stick like that, and then they took the biggest wood, and they just knocked it way down yonder, and they went and got it and hit it again. Wasn't anything to it. So I put the ball up there, and I got a hold of the club, the biggest one I had in the bag. And I reared back, and I swung, and I looked. He said, hey, preacher. I said, yeah. He said, it's back here. <laughs> oh, that was just practice swing. They do that, you know. And I'm going to tell you, that was the most miserable day I ever had. I don't know why when I hit the ball I looked up. I don't have any idea. That's just what golfers do. They just look up when they hit it. Me, it was a, it was a dangerous day to be a worm in the field, I'll tell you for sure. And if I did get it in the air, it went over here in the water or back over here in the woods. He said, here's what you need. You need to take a golf lesson. I said, all right. And so I got my white shoes. I got my electric blue britches. I got my golf shirt. I got my golf hat. And I went to take my lesson. The fellow said, all right, now, uh, Pastor, he said, uh, how do you stand? Oh, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't even know how to stand. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, how do you stand? He said, well, show me your stance. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? He said, show me your stance. I said, I'm showing it to you. He said, show me how you hold your clubs. I thought, this is getting worse. I took a club and I just got a, just got a, I mean, anybody can tell the handle from the head and I got a hold of the handle. He said, that's not how you hold it. I said, that's how I hold it. He said, I want you to turn this hand instead of under here. He said, I want you to turn that hand up there like that. I said, well, I can't hit it like that. He said, how you doing now? I said, well, you got a point there. And I felt like I was at a chiropractor. I mean, I was, I was standing there. But before you know it, man, I was doing better. You know what I learned? I learned that there were things about golf I didn't know anything about. I thought it had a lot to do with the shoes and the pants and the shirt. But the golf coach knew things that I thought were ridiculous. And here's what he said. He said, now, if you listen to me, I can help you be a good golfer. Amen. Now, I never went back. I don't much care for golfing. But anyway, 
I did find a good place to fish over here on this golf course right over here. But anyway. Now hear me well. Hear me well. You think living the Christian life is just reading the rules and doing what the rules say. The truth is the Christian life is just saying, Holy Spirit, I don't know a thing about this Christian life. Whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'll do. And the Holy Spirit says, if you'll just take my instruction manual and start reading that, that is my sword, that's the tool of the Holy Spirit. If you'll do that, now now listen to me. You do not will to be like Christ. You yield to the Holy Spirit who will make you like Christ. I'll give you this statement. You want to go. You, you want to get a good education. You don't will to get a good education. You yield yourself to the teacher, who instructs you. And get look, school doesn't always make sense. And sometimes it's like working a puzzle. This piece doesn't look like it fits, and this doesn't. But if you go day after day, and that puzzle begins to come together, and the beautiful picture begins to appear, you see, I don't will to be a good Christian. I yield to the Holy Spirit and say, you show me how to be a good Christian. And then the men of God... The Sunday school teachers, they opened the Word of God and they taught me the Word of God in the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. And I learned how to become like Christ by yielding to the Holy Spirit. Now, you can go ahead and say, hey, I'll golf the way I want. Yeah, and you, you'll have a handicap of 65 for the rest of your life. Well, I'll just do it the way I want. Ain't no preacher going to tell me how to live. Look, if you just yield to the Holy Spirit, you get over your anger at the Holy Spirit or at, at your at your preacher. You wouldn't be upset at your Sunday school teacher. You wouldn't be upset. Now, now listen. I understand in this crowd, some of you they helped you to get decent clothes to wear, and that's odd for you. But there's a reason that we encourage and instruct ladies to dress like ladies. And instruct men to act and dress like men. It's not because that's what we desire. That's just what he said in the book. Now, if you become a person who goes by the letter of the law just because the law says it, but the Holy Spirit hasn't convinced you of it, as soon as you get away from the law, you go right back to the lust of the flesh and of the mind. Did you hear what I just said? If, if you just do what I say to do because I said to do it, as soon as you go back, you go back to doing what you feel like doing and what your flesh desires to do. But if you decide, that's what God said. Amen. Holy Spirit, is that what you want me to do? Amen. Holy Spirit, is this music all right with you? Come on. Now, if you put it away just because of the rules here, you put bad music away because of the rules here, as soon as the rules are gone, you go right back to the desires of the flesh and of the mind. But if you say, Holy Spirit of God, is that right? 
I mean, I'm standing there taking that golf lesson. That guy's got me, it seems like all contorted up here. But finally, after a while, you sort of relax into a right position. And you say, wow, I can look up when I hit it now. That guy knows what he's talking about. Can I tell you something? There are some folks, they'll come to a church like this and they'll think, that preacher ain't going to tell me what to do. Can I tell you something? I don't desire to. I desire to deliver the Word of God and that the Holy Spirit would say to you, hey, that's right. That's the truth. You need to do it because, hey, if you want to be a Christian, doesn't it stand to reason you'd want to be like Christ? I hear folks say, well, my dress is better than her. hers. Well, I got news for you. She's not the standard. This is the standard. Well, I'll tell you one thing. My music is better than his. It might be, but he's not the standard. This is a standard. I got something settled as a teenager. I just decided this one thing. I'm going to yield. Whatever you want, I don't care. You can have me. Can I tell you, it wouldn't bother me if, 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 if I read in the Bible, you're not supposed to wear black socks. I'd go home and throw all, that's the only kind of socks I have. I'd just throw all the black socks away. It doesn't bother me. If I read in the Bible that God said you didn't want to eat peanut butter, I'd pray about that. I just decided a long time ago, I was on my way to hell. I couldn't pay for my sin. I didn't deserve for anybody to pay for it for me. I didn't even know him, but when I was yet a sinner, he died for me. I didn't even know him. And it just stands to reason, if he forgave me of my sin, he gave me eternal life, I became a child of God. I ought to act like the Lord Jesus Christ. I ought to behave like him. And you know what? As hard as you try, you'll never do it. But when you come to the place that you just, just give up, Amen. just yield yes. to the Holy Spirit. When there's an accident or emergency, we call 911. Police and fire, medics, they come to our aid. You know, we don't say, hey, I saw on television one time, I think this is the way you ought to do this. You know what we do? Whatever they say, we do it. We just yield. You know what the big problem is? Your problem is not a problem with rules, it's not a problem with a preacher, it's not a problem with a youth pastor. It's between you and God and the Holy Spirit, and you're just saying, I yield. Let me say these things, and I'm finished. Yield your mind, body, soul, and spirit to Christ, and do it every day. Number two, fill your mind with the Word of God so the Holy Spirit can teach you what He wants you to know. You know what I've learned? I've learned when folks get saved that don't yield, they just do what appears to be right. They're like me who look like a golfer and a redneck funny-looking one. And they can look at me and say, <laughs> that guy's trying to look like a golfer. There's some folks who say, well, I'm going to keep these rules right here. 
It's not a matter of trying to look like a Christian. It's a matter of just yielding to Christ and becoming like him. Let me give you this statement. Number three, you ought to set times every day that you yield to the Holy Spirit of God in your life. You don't have to worry about problems with your parents if you yield to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to worry about problems with any authority if you yield to the Holy Spirit. Then understand, last of all, that trials are for our good. Though they may hurt, all things work together for good. You know that verse is there not for the good things? It doesn't bring us comfort for the good things. I don't need comfort for the good things. All things work together for good. That's referring to the bad things. That gives me patience to say these tough things are working together for good. You know what good they're working for? To make me like Christ. Now you look at the rule book and say, wow, I can't believe these folks have these rules. Or you can say, is that what the Holy Spirit wants me to do? Well, I'll tell you this. That's what he wants me to do. I'm going to do it. You ever read about the folks in the Bible did what they wanted to do? Cain worshipped God his way, killed his brother Abel. You know what God asked him? Cain, why art thou wroth? Looks to me like you ought to be happy you did it your way. You did, you did exactly what you wanted. You gave the offering to God you wanted. You didn't like your brother. You killed him. You did what you wanted. Why are you mad? Why aren't you happy? You, know, you want me to tell you who the happy people are? The yielded people. Stand with me if you will. He saved you. And then the Holy Spirit moved inside for one reason. To make you like the best. To make you like Christ. You may be here tonight and you're struggling with music. You're struggling with dress. You're struggling with behavior. You're struggling with vocabulary. You see the authority and, boy, you straighten up. What a difficult way to live life. Once you just decide tonight and say, Lord, I surrender. I yield myself to you. Holy Spirit, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. You want me to go to Bible college? That's what I'll do. You want me to serve you? That's what I'll do. Don't take my word for it. Take his. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. That we would look at this matter and say, I've been trying to will this to happen. I've not been listening to the coach. And tonight, Lord, I want to yield to the coach. I want to yield to the Holy Spirit, the one who knows how and the one who can empower me to become more like Christ. Soul winning, Lord, boils down to one thing, a matter of yieldedness. That's what you want us to do. You want us to be a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just a matter of yielding. I pray that tonight we deal with that matter and just yield to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.